Hey everyone, happy new year. Welcome back to the College Age Movement Podcast. We are super excited for 2020, a new year of learning together, hanging out together, and uh, so glad that you have chosen to join us. We are starting a new series as we step into this new year, and we're uh, walking through the book of Psalms. It's a book written by several different authors, but it's largely attributed to King David. There are about 150 Psalms, so we're just going to look at one each week for about the next three years. Just kidding. We're going to look at one uh, each week for about the next four weeks, and uh, I'm super excited about this. Psalms is kind of where I start my yearly devotions. It's it's this collection of hymns and prayers and cries to God, and I think it's just a really good way for us to start our year, to, to step into this vulnerability that we see through the psalmist's words as they speak to God and they, they cry out to God. And so this is where we're going to start. And a little bit of context for today's psalm, this whole psalm, Psalm 84, uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about the courts of the Lord. It's, it's talking about the temple. The psalmist is talking about the place that people went to worship God. And we have to remember that the church, quote unquote, the church didn't exist yet, but a place where people stepped into worship did. And so the psalmist, the psalmist had an incredible reverence for the courts of God, for the temple of the Lord. And so Psalm chapter 84 Verse 1 through 2 is where we're going to get started, and it says this, is how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. See, the author says that his soul yearns for the courts of the Lord, even faints for the courts of the Lord. The word for soul in Hebrew would translate to innermost being. There was this internal pull, this legitimate internal pull for him to be with God. Something at the at his innermost being, something in the depths of who he was, pulled him to be around God. So the first question I want to ask today is this. Are, are we longing to be with God? Are we longing to be with God? I want to look at this in two different ways. And the first one being this, is that we the, do we actually find ourselves longing to be in church, the physical church? being around people, being around, uh, maybe it's a building, but most importantly, a collection of people pursuing Jesus. You see, the author is talking about the temple, but for you and I, it would mean what we see today as the modern day church. And I think that we have to be honest with ourselves. Do I long to be in this place? It could be somebody's home. It could be Faith Chapel. It could be College Age Movement. It could be your church on the weekends, whatever it may be. But do I long to be here? Or... Is it something that that draws me away or pushes me away? Because we have to ask ourselves something. Is, is church something that pulls me in? The church is supposed to be a small glimpse into heaven. The tiniest look into what it would mean to be with others fully pursuing Jesus together. And by tiniest look, I mean tiniest look because we know the church is a messy place and it is full of really messy people, including myself. And so we're, we're all broken and we're all trying to figure out how to pursue Jesus, but it's still a, a little glimpse on what it means to be in heaven because we're collectively pursuing our relationships with Jesus. And in heaven, we will be made perfect in him and in pursuit of him fully. So is the church, is it, is it somewhere that pulls you in? Is it somewhere that, that you feel this internal uh, gravity towards? Like if church is something that, that you look forward to, that's an amazing thing. Or do we find ourselves saying, no, church isn't something that pulls me in. It's not something that I look forward to. Whether you're internally saying yes or no to that question, 
A follow-up question would be, why? Why do you feel that way? What makes you long to come to church? Or what makes you say no to church? Because at, at the core of who we are, we need to answer answer that question. Like, do I feel an internal pull to church? For me, throughout my life, church has been a constant. No matter what change in my life, I knew that my community of people would always be there for me. After good things, I, I got to go celebrate with my church. After bad things, I got to heal and uh, have myself put together by the people in my church. It was a constant. It was something that I could always rely on. When life was changing, I knew that that wouldn't change, that, that there was something solidifying about being a part of a church community. And if you're somebody who follows Jesus like I am, it's our job to make church the best place for people to encounter Jesus, the love, the grace, the mercy, and forgiveness of Jesus. And we're in that together. That the Holy Spirit has a, a huge, the role, a huge role, but the role in making sure that church is a place where people experience him. But you and I have a huge role too to make sure people feel welcome and loved and appreciated. And if you don't follow Jesus, if you're somebody who's spiritually unresolved, you need to find a place that you feel loved and honored and challenged and truly feel like people care about you and your pursuit of who Jesus is. So if we follow Jesus, we have to make church something that that pulls at people, that makes them feel not out of guilt, but out of a desire to come. And if you don't follow Jesus, if you're unresolved, find a place that you feel that. Find a place where you're like, man, I can't wait to go there. I can't wait to be around those people. I can't wait to learn, to grow, to worship in that environment. My prayer is a college age movement or church, however you attend, is something that you pursue because of adoration, not obligation. You should love church, not feel obligated to it. You should desire to be there, not feel guilty and thus forced to go. Adoration, not obligation. The second thing I want to look at is this, is outside of the church, do you find yourself truly longing, yearning to spend time with God? Does it feel like he's at the top of your priority list? Which I wish I could say that that, that was true of me, but too often the time we spend with God isn't out of an internal yearning. It's because it, it hit a resolutions list or we feel guilty if we don't. And if it was your resolution to, to step into church more, to read your Bible more, those are, those are fantastic things. But my prayer was that they'd get off the resolution page and they'd get onto your daily page. That it wouldn't be something that you try a little bit at the beginning of every year, but it'd be something that becomes a part of you. You see, for me, outside of the church, I don't know that I yearn too often. We have to be people who stop and recalibrate and get centered when it comes to our relationship with God. And I think that too often I find myself daydreaming about what would selfishly serve me instead of what would actually allow me to serve Jesus. We have to be willing to get out of our flesh recalibrate and get centered on what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to get around God. The psalmist says that his heart and flesh cry out for the living God. So it's important that we not forget that we are talking about a relationship with a present God, not a dead man on a tree. As we walk towards him, he runs towards us. And as you yearn for him, always know that he is yearning for you, that every feeling of adoration that we have towards our creator, he has a hundred million fold towards us, that we cannot measure his love towards us and how much he wants us. 
why it's so important for us to understand that Jesus is still alive, that Jesus is working and active among us and, and is working on our behalf is that we're not working or yearning or, or, or fainting for past knowledge. We long for knowledge that is still alive. We long for knowledge that is still evolving. We long for knowledge that is still relevant every single day and, and how God shifts our perspective so that we can know things that we wouldn't know without him, so that we can speak love and value into people's lives unlike anybody else in the world, because we're not just speaking human words, but we're speaking the word of God towards them. The psalmist goes on to say in verses three and four, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are praising you. So the second question today is this, are you willing to set up residence close to Jesus? Are you willing to set up residence close to Jesus? Am I willing to set up residence close to Jesus? The author is talking about the birds of the air setting up their homes near the altar of the Lord. And then it says people who dwell in his house are ever praising him. He's referencing the priests of the temple, the pastors of the time who literally lived there, who worked there. He, he was jealous. He, he wanted to be them. He wanted to be able to just be, he had such a desire to be around God that he just wanted to be close to the altar. And he knew that if he was a priest, he knew that if he was in a ministerial role, that he would get this opportunity to just camp out next to the altar, like these birds of the air did. He knew that, that God's protection and God's love, he, he, he wanted to be around that. And he knew that that was a vital part of his life. But I want to look at this even a different way. I want to ask the question, can we honestly say that we spend the majority of our day outside of the church building thinking or participating in our relationship with Jesus? Because this is this is why it's really important is that if we aren't careful, our relationship with Jesus can become a task instead of a focus. And the difference between a task and a focus is that a task is a box a box to be checked and a focus is is an aim to live by. A task is a box to be checked, but a focus is an aim to live by. It's something that we center ourselves upon. It shouldn't just be a part of our day. It should be what our life is based in. And I think it looks different for everyone, but we have to figure out ways to camp next to Jesus, how we get close to the altar of God. And lucky for us, we live thousands of years after this, that the temple was this holy place where God resided, but God is everywhere. He is present at all times. But we still have to figure out how we camp next to Jesus. And the, the best way that I can explain this is that word camp, because this is this is what we understand, right? Especially if we're here in Montana, is that camping is something where, where we create a space to stay for a moment of time or for a short period of time. But if we need to move, if we need to, to pack up and go, we can do that. We can move where we're staying and where we're close to, and we can change it the next day or the next week. You see, it's not about staying in one place. In fact, the next few verses talk about a key part of our relationship with Jesus. In verses 5 through 7, the psalmist says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. In the second part of the psalm, the psalmist talks about having the willingness to go and find God. So the third question today is this, are we willing to travel to God? Are we willing to travel to God? And I want to make it really clear that God is present everywhere. He's everywhere that we are. He's everywhere always. He's always present. But this isn't about him finding us. It is about us finding him. 
sometimes we have to change our surroundings. Sometimes we have to change our perspective to find what it is that we are looking for. And what I love about Jesus is that our relationships with him are unique and always evolving. And how you're impacted today in your relationship with Jesus isn't necessarily how you'll be impacted a month from now or a year from now. And the author says, blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, meaning that we need to be people who are willing to move. We need to be people who are willing to adjust. We need to be people who are willing to avoid stagnancy at all costs. We cannot get stagnant because stagnancy will kill faith. And we want to be people who understand, hey, the way that I worshiped last year might not be the way that I'm going to worship this year. And God is unique enough. God is amazing enough. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, all of those things. He is all of those things. And that allows us to be able to shift. And God is willing to say, hey, how, how does this relationship work for you? How are we? Are you going to worship in a building? Or are you going to worship in the mountains? Are you going to worship on a street corner? Or are you going to worship in your home? Whatever it may be, God is willing to step in and be a part of that relationship, and He loves our ability to move from strength to strength. One of the things that we say within ministry is this, is that our message will never change, that Jesus will be at the core of everything that we do always, but our approach will. The ministry done in 1970 isn't the same ministry that's being done today. The message is the same, but the but the approach is different. And I think that we need to look at that and, and think about our own personal relationship with Jesus in the same way. That Jesus will always be who we are pursuing, but how we pursue him might need to change. That we don't want to get stagnant. And that, that can mean doing your, your quiet time with Jesus, your devotionals at a different time. It could be at a different place. It could be with people or alone. It could be all these different things. We could worship through through nature, we can worship through music, whatever it may be, but we always need to be making sure that we keep our relationship fresh, that we keep our relationship exciting. There's, there's nothing dull about following Jesus, but sometimes we allow our own humanity to dull our approach. So we need to be people who are always aware of that. All of this to say that we should be people who are willing to actually actively pursue growth, not people who just expect it to fall into our lap. The growth happens through pursuit. The psalmist goes on to finish this, this chapter in verses 8 through 12, and he says this, Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my, of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So the last question I want to ask today is this. Do we trust God? Do we trust God? Do we actually believe that being in God's presence is better than anywhere else? If I'm being completely honest, I don't know that I could say that about my life. I spend a lot of time thinking about the things that I want to do instead of the things that I need to do. I think a lot about where I want to be and where I want to be sometimes isn't inside church and sometimes it isn't pursuing Jesus because sometimes that's hard and time-consuming and it, it causes us to think and it causes us to ask questions and have conversations and sometimes what I want is self-fulfilling and I want something that is just force-fed to me, not something that I actually have to work for. But I want to be somebody, and I hope that you want to be somebody who can say that the time that you spend pursuing Jesus is far greater than the time that we spend pursuing 
our own desires. You see, our relationship with Jesus will not flourish if we don't believe that what he has for us is better than anything that we could have for ourselves. That the plans and the things that we set out out in front of us and we say, this is, this is what would make my life, life great, pale in comparison to what Jesus has for us and the plan that he has set out for us. And I get it. Like sometimes it can be really frustrating because he doesn't operate on our timelines, but we have to understand that Jesus, that God is the creator of timelines. That when he looks at our lives, he knows what is best. He knows what we need. He knows what is going to be good. And he says, this is how it's going to happen. And this is the timeline at which it will happen. I hope that you're willing to get on board. But instead, we set our own timelines and we set expectations on God. But we don't want to be people who place expectations on God, but allow God to place expectations on us. That we'd be people who are willing to submit to our Creator and say, Lord, what would you have of me that your will would be done in my life, not my will? And if we can do that, if we can truly have that posture, we would understand that that will lead to a better outcome than anything that we could ever set up for ourselves. It's important that we understand that God is more concerned with planting the correct seeds in our life than moving at the speed that we deem necessary. You see, the correct seeds are the people that he's influenced in our life, the people that he's placed in our life to influence us. It's the jobs that he's provided. It's the family that he's given us. It's the people that we get to interact with on a daily basis. It's the words of knowledge that we gain at church or from a podcast or from a sermon or whatever it may be. It's, it's the words of knowledge that we get from a conversation that we maybe didn't need, really need or want to have, but we needed to have. You see, what's so important is that we understand that God is constantly placing seeds in our life, that he's planting these seeds that are going to grow into these huge, beautiful, fruitful trees. And it's not going to be something that happens as fast as we want it to. It's going to be something that happens as fast as he wants it to. We need to be people who understand that God is focused on what we need more than what we want. The more time we spend around him and the more time we spend actively pursuing Jesus, the easier that will be. So to recap, a couple questions to think over as you walk through your week. Am I longing to be with God? Is there an internal pull that brings me closer to God on a regular basis? Secondly, am I willing to set up residence close to Jesus? Am I willing to do whatever it takes to put myself in close proximity to who Jesus is and what he's trying to say to me? Am I willing to travel a little bit to go find God? Am I willing to change my perspective and change my surroundings if need be to go and get a fresh perspective from Jesus? And do I actually trust God? Do I believe that what he has for me is better than anything that I could have for myself? Never forget, God is planting seeds. Don't worry about the speed. Understand that he is faithful in doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Hey, thank you so much for tuning back into the College Age Movement podcast this year. Uh, If you're in Billings, we really would love for you to be here on Tuesday nights. We meet at 7 o'clock. We do a little bit of pre-service hangs, and then we start worship at 7.15. So we would love for you to be here and get plugged into community. We have small groups starting up this month, too. And we believe that being around people who are pursuing Jesus is one of the most vital things that we can do with our lives. If you're not in Billings, hey, thank you for tuning in. I've got a couple messages over the last uh, few weeks about Ohio, Florida, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you so much to all you guys who are listening in uh, from around the country. We love you guys, and we're so thankful that you want to be a part of our family, even from a distance. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.